and welcome back. I am your host, the Susan Anna Mae O'Hagan, and today we are going to talk about an unresolved mystery. Today's unresolved mystery is UFOs, apparently. UFOs and aliens. Well, the tale of undef of identified flying objects have engaged people for centuries. The first modern day sighting did not occur until 1947 when businessman Kenneth Arnold reported seeing nine objects flying at high speeds near Mount Rainin in Washington State. Just one month later, the infamous Roswell identified took place incident took place, surrounding the alarm that there may be life on other planets and that space inhabitants have visited Earth. Roswell One World Salmon question, the most famous UFO claim in history, has been extensively researched and debunked, but the UFO ufologist are still highly suspicious of what went down in New Mexico in 1947. In July 1947, resident of Roswell, New Mexico, stepped outside to fetch the morning newspaper only to read what seemed like an unmanageable and possible Starflake handle on the front page RAAF captures flying saucer on ranch in Roswell region. In the story, they learn that former William Mack bizarrely had stumbled upon unexplained debris, including tinfoil, rubber, and paper on his sheep pasture days earlier. After bizarrely got in contact with the Roswell Army Air Force about his findings. The soldiers came to his ranch to collect the particles. The RAAF later issued a press release announcing that it was fortunate enough to gain possession of a flying disc. But later that week, an Air Force official clarified that the debris came from a weather balloon that had crashed. The story quickly faded into obscurity until 1978 when nuclear physicist Stanon T. Ferdman interviewed RAAF Major Jess Markle Jr., 
who had handled the debris in the 1980s book, The Roswald Incident, for which Friedman conducted research. Marlecules described the padlock as nothing made on this earth. The book's author, Charles and William Lee Moore, meanwhile introduced the theory that Marlecules had tampered with the debris part of a government cover-up involving extraterrestrials. A number of books followed, including Kevin D. Ronald and Ronald R. Smith, UFO Crash at Roswell 1991, and its 1994 sequel, The Truth About the UFO Crash at Roswell, which claimed that alien crops had been taken from the crash site by plane to be viewed by President Darwin D. Einsteinhauer, wow, these are weird names, as conflicting reports continue to arise, the U.S. government ordered the security of the Air Force to investigate. In its first report in 1994, the Air Force conducted that the debris likely came from Project Mule, Mugle, a once converted operation that had employed high utility balloons equipment with microphones to monitor the Soviet government as it tested an automatic bomb. Roger, a retired official at the Sanitary National Air Force and Space Museum, explained to History.com in 2019 that a UFO had been a useful cover story for the Air Force at the time. A second Air Force report released in 1997 explained that the alleged alien body were exactly dummies that had been used by the military during 1950s to test ways for pilots to survive high falls. See, the thing is, they said that aliens are real recently in the couple of years, so I don't know. And yet UFOs pronounced have remained steadfast in the belief that a flying saucer crashed in Roswell and was covered up by the government. In a June 2016 interview of Jimmy Kimmel, President Barack Obama joked with the talk show host that the aliens exercised strike control over us. He then ended the questioning about Roswell with, I can't really say anything. Um, and arguably the most mysterious Air Force facility in the U.S. Area 51 has been the subject of UFO folklore for decades. The base located at Groom Lake in southern Nevada has been in use since 1955, but the CAA did not publicly confirm its existence until 2013. While locals have reported seeing UFOs in the area, as far back as the mid to late 1950s, the crafts are likely secret spy planes being tested by armed men at Area 51. Others have gone so far as to basically sculpturally that the facility stores and studies UFOs in addition to holding meetings with aliens.
Barney and Betty Hill's abduction. The New Hampshire-based couple became synonymous with the UFO sightings after their alleged encounter in 1961. I have no idea what some of that meant, but we're just going to read it. As an international couple in the U.S. in the 1960s, Barney and Betty Hill were already pioneers, and then they became the mo first people to report being abducted by aliens. The Hills were driving back to their New Hampshire home following a trip to Niagara Falls and returned early in September 1961 when they saw a light moving in the sky. As it continued to get bigger, Betty, 42, told Barney, 39, to pull over so they could get a closer look. Yeah, don't do that. Just, just keep driving. She pulled all, all out binoculars and observed what she thought was a flying saucer, something her sister had seen in the past. Betty then passed the binoculars to Barney, who saw the object moving toward them at a fast pace. He and his wife rushed back to their car and drove away. Along the ride home, the hills kept an eye on the large craft. Then in the middle of the highway, it began hovering above their car. Barney, who worked for the U.S. Postal Service, stepped out of the vehicle, this time seeing nearly a dozen human-like figures looking out of the window of the flying object. The beings, which he later described as somehow not human, wore matching black outfits with hats. A frazzled Barney got back in the car and sped away as foreigner sounds vibrate off the truck, leaving circular marks on it. Before they knew it, Barney and Betty, dazed and confused, realized they had traveled about 35 miles, though they had little recollection of the drive. They went into their house and saw the leather strap on their binoculars were torn. Barney's shoes were scraped and Betty's dress was ripped. The social worker claimed that 10 days after the incident, she began having dreams about being abducted by aliens from the Zada vehicle system. The National Investigation Committee on Aerial Phenomenon interviewed the Hills at November and found that their drive home took seven hours when it should have only taken four, leaving three hours of unexplained missing time. The couple shared their story with an Air Force captain who visited their church and spoke to other churchgoers. They also separately met with hypnotics Benjamin Simon several times in 1964. After sessions, Simon concluded that Betty telling Barney about her bizarre dream had likely caused Barney to have a psychological episode. The Hills continued to work with Simon in the years that followed, as author John G. Fuller interviewed them for his 1966 book, The Interrupted Journey. Below left, their story was also made into a TV movie in 1975 after Barney died of a celebratory hemorrhage in 1969, and Betty lost her battle with cancer in 2004. Her alarm matter, University of New Hampshire, received her journal, which detailed Betty's dreams, photos, audio recordings, and the dress she wore that night of the incident. 
The items are displayed at the school's library. Nearly 60 years after the Hill's allegedly abduction, mixed martial artist Angela Hill publicly revealed that she is their granddaughter. When I was in art school, I did a whole documentary about it. Hill, who is the first black woman in the USC, said on the Hard Times podcast in June 2020, I went to Philly, where all my dad's family is, and talked to all the close relatives about my grandfather. They all believed it. My other grandmother is the only one who's like him and that witch are crazy. There is so much about UFOs and ghosts in the back of this book. I'm actually surprised. I was not expecting that. After an apparent external oh, brother spacecraft flew over Texas in 1980, those who saw it claimed they became violently ill in a matter of hours. Betty Chase and her friend Vicky took Landrum's seven-year-old grandson Colby out to dinner in December 1980. But what seemingly seemed like just another night in Day Dayton, Texas turned into an experience they would never forget. On the car ride home, the trio saw what they thought was an airplane flying toward Houston. As they got closer, however, they realized it was a bright diamond-shaped object. It was emanating heat from its base and flames shot out every so often. Landon told her grandson they were witnessing the second coming of Christ. The women go out of the car for a closer look, but the heat was unbearable. Eventually, the object began to fly away, but then the witnesses saw 23 helicopters surrounding it. After getting home that night, all three said they experienced vomiting and diarrhea and felt sunburn. Crash was led the, later hospitalized with large blisters on her face, back and neck, and unexplained hair loss. Land claimed she had similar burns and developed cataracts from looking at the aircraft. The woman sued the U.S. government for $20 million, but their case was dismissed in 1986, despite L.T. Cool George Stannon of the Department of the Army Inspect General stating that Landon and Crash were credible and were a Police and his wife, who claimed to have seen 12 helicopters near the U.S. site on the same day, there was no precipitation that anyone was trying to exterminate the truth.